This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome to the Trez Paler Show. Trez Paler at Trez Paler on Twitter. Former beat writer for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now he's a beat writer for all 32 teams in the National Football League. But I believe I heard him last night on the Zoom calls with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's at Yahoo Sports, senior NFL writer and a Hall of Fame voter. Good evening, Trez. Big my man. How you doing? Hey, we're doing good, man. I heard you sneak in, man. I heard that, and then I saw an article you put out today on it. So yes, the yes, Mahomes a question. Then boom, we get an article. That's right. That's right. I had a good one for him, man about Tua. I'm excited uh, about the kid. That was a fun matchup yesterday, wasn't it? No, it really was. And I listened to you and Charles Robinson today as you're talking about Tua, and I, I know it's dangerous to get into comparisons. Could it be the next great rivalry and whatnot? But I will say this, Trez. We've talked about the Dolphins before, and Flores has a little bit of New England with him still uh, with the turnovers, playing salty defense. Uh, In my opinion, that's the NFL coach of the year. Uh, I get it. McDermott's got more wins, but there was more expected on the Buffalo Bills this year than the Miami Dolphins. You know, I I think those guys are going to have a great race. Um, And I I, I still think Tomlin's got a shot at it, but I kind of think they need to win out now. Um, Okay. You know, but but I think they got to win out. Um, he's certainly fallen a little bit, um, but but he's got a built-in case if they can overcome Dupree and Bush and some of the injuries they had. Um, Flores is certainly a hot name and somebody I can certainly see winning it. Uh, McDermott as well. Uh, there's been no shortage of good coach of the year candidates, and you know I'll also throw out you know the Chiefs have been really good this year, and uh, if they finish 15 and one or something, you know just the you know, just the killer season, man. That's that's going to be tough to overlook, too. But you know what? It's always tough, Therese. The, the, the managers like Ned Yost, like he was going to the World Series. He wasn't manager of the year. You know, it's tough. Nick Saban doesn't get coach of the year all the time in the SEC, right? I mean, it's just the way it works, unfortunately, for coaches. Expectations. Absolutely. Expectations. Absolutely. Well, we talked Absolutely. about the question. I think that you they should get some notes. Oh, my <laughs> bad, man. I, as I was saying, I think they – we should at least consider Andy if they do that 15-1 season, you know? But they don't. It's so difficult to do what he's doing. This marks the fourth time with the Chiefs he's had at least 12 wins. The most wins he's ever had, he had 13 one year with Philly. But 50% of his years in Kansas City, he's had 12 wins. Six times out of eight, he's won at least 11 games. That is the mark of consistency. But Tua stood to the challenge. And I've watched Tua a long time. Back at Alabama, I still think it's one of the riskiest, greatest moves I've ever seen. When Nick Saban takes the great Jalen Hurts, who finished second in the Heisman last year, who had only had two losses, 28-2 at Alabama, and switches for the game, one of the all-time – I mean, two has seen this twice now. Dolphins are winning with Fitzpatrick, and he gets thrown in there. But here's your question yesterday after the game to uh, 
to uh, not to uh, to Patrick Mahomes, but to Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> not to uh, so close. Say I don't even say his last name. I say Tua. Here's your question to Patrick about Tua and the fish. But I'm curious um, if you were able to watch any of Tua at all. Um, you know, what are your impressions of him so far in his career? And um, also kind of the competitiveness of the, of the Dolphins as they kept fighting and staying in this game. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a well-coached football team. They have a lot of guys that, that love to compete, um, and they're going to fight until the very end. And you've seen that on, on film week after week. And so it's a good football team that they will probably be in the playoffs and a team that will be a hard team to take out in the playoffs. And so for, for, for us, we should continue to get better and better. And then as far as uh, with, with Tua, I think he's – I mean, he's – I kind of talked about it earlier this week, but that veteran mindset, you, you can see that when they were down in that game, he didn't try to force it. He just took what was there and moved the ball down the field. And uh, and found a way to get the game close, and so uh, he's he's going to continue to learn more and more, continue to get better and better. And uh, I mean, it's a it's a it's a bright future for uh, the Miami Dolphins. Just hopefully not too bright. <laughs> I love that answer you got, from <laughs> Patrick. And it's so true. And you wrote an article today. It's a great article. Yahoo Sports. Trez has a uh, link to it there on his uh, Twitter page at Trez Paler. But it's a great about Tua. And I love that response from Patrick. That. He had that veteran presence. He has that mindset. See, Patrick's a football guy, man. We all know this. This guy could be a coach in this league. This guy knows the game inside and out. But he could tell that Tua just had that. Now, I don't know if we want to put him in with Joe Burrow yet and we decide who the next great quarterback class is or Josh Allen and all these guys. But certainly high praise from Patrick about having that killer instinct, not giving up, always fighting, and delivering the ball at ease. He felt no pressure. Yeah, and that's why, hey, you know, I, I do like asking Patrick questions because, um, you know, he, he, he can be pretty thoughtful sometimes. And, you know, um, I, I knew he'd have some opinions on um, on Tua. Um, he's a talented guy, man. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's always interesting to kind of have this discussion. Of like, All right, who's going to at least try to challenge Patrick, right? And, you know, I think Miami's kind of built to at least be in this conversation, I want to be very clear. I'm not at the point where I'm like, hey, you know, sure. this is going to be the Dolphins. We we don't know. And we don't know who his, who, who's going to be the quarterback rival for Mahomes either. It might be Trevor Lawrence. It might be Justin Fields. It might be somebody I'm not mentioning, Zach Wilson. I mean, we really don't know. But my whole point of that column, Bank, was it, it, it we don't know as not to either. And I thought the way that he remained poised, the way he kind of rallied after falling behind 30 to 10, the way those guys kept competing, that was a chippy game now. And I know you liked it. Like, I know, no, I like, did. I love a little street justice the, going on. The, there definitely was. You know, you had Derek Nottie running over to, um, help back up his guy, Tyron Matthews. Man, he sprinted over after there. the game. <laughs> Who tweeted after the game that, you know, if he gets in a fight with the bear, help a bear, help the bear. Yeah, that's just right. Like, okay. Anyway, anyway, like those guys weren't scared of the Chiefs, and I respect that. And I think, honestly, man, I think the Chiefs respect that too. Brian Flores is a really, really good coach, and that defense is really, really salty. And if that offense can come around quickly, the Dolphins are going to be somebody that this is going to be a team the Chiefs are going to have to account for over the next half decade, as long as Tua stays healthy. I think it's going to be fun to watch them, the Bills, go at it uh, week Mm -hmm. after week in the the National Mm -hmm. Football League. But Flores is doing this right, kind of like the Patriots did, building with defense, Mm -hmm. and then you Mm -hmm. sprinkle the offense. A lot of people were questioning why he put two in instead of Fitzpatrick winning. Very simple. Fitzpatrick is a journeyman. His career is going to be over. Tua is the future. you got to find out what you got. And I don't think Mm -hmm. the Dolphins are playing on the Lombardi Trophy this year. 
and they wanted to see what they had in Tua. And that right there was high praise from Patrick when he said he had that veteran presence. Like, these guys know when the other guys got it. Well said. Well said. And that, that is true. They do know when the other guy has it. And honestly, honestly, Bink, in my years covering any level of football, I've found that players know first whether or not a guy can play. Like, they're the first ones to know. Um, I'll never forget my first year covering Mahomes here, 2017. And, like, just throughout the course of the year, back when we were allowed in the locker rooms. <laughs> God, I missed that a little bit. Yeah, I, I missed that a little bit because yeah. I could I could really kind of take the temperature of the team by sidling up to my guys, you know. But uh, God, it's been so long since I've been able to do that. <laughs> but um, you know, I I remember like just that whole fall, like you know, you ask for little updates on the kid, and they're like, "Man, this guy's special." Like, "Man, this guy's great." And they would be talking about his no look passes, and oh, yeah. it was beyond just the stuff they had to say, you know, because this was stuff off the record. Like, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't writing that right then, but these guys were like, yo, this kid can play. And it, you heard more of it toward like December, right? But I just, they, anyway, the, the team, the, the players are the first ones to know. And I feel like for Miami to go to Tua in the middle of a season when they had been pretty salty with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I kind of feel like Tua had already been showing it in practice because that's a move that can make you lose your team because Ryan Fitzpatrick was incredibly popular. You could even tell during the games, but um, for them to turn to Tua um, and, and risk him getting hurt, like you knew maybe they'd been seeing that he was special and if he can get some meaningful snaps this year, they they think that he might be ready to help them contend next year. I get why they did it. I think it was the right move now, in retrospect, as long as they can improve the offensive line, continue to help those guys develop and get better, and get them some more weapons. I really like where Miami's headed. Yeah, I do too. And Tua is still not the same guy. He's even admitted that. Still not the same guy mobility-wise. Mm -hmm. But he brings that lefty-headed quarterback angle. And that's very dangerous in the NFL. Steve Young, same way. Yes. I mean, we haven't seen a left-handed starter in five years in this league. And that's, that is something different to prepare for. It's like that's the Colquitt cool punting. you got to prepare for left. You just have to do it. But I want to get your reaction on this, uh, um, Therese. You were obviously on the Zoom call. But I love the attitude, and it's the full team effort and having the defense pick up the offense because Patrick Mahomes now since 2019, 8-1 when trailing mm -hmm. by ten by uh, double digits. He loves this situation. Mm -hmm. Here's what he said about it. It says a lot about this football team in general. It, says, it, it talks about how it's not just an offense. It's not just a defense. It's not just special teams. We're a complete football team that just likes – it finds ways to win in every single way. And you saw in that first half, I mean, it's 80-something degrees outside, and I'm putting the, the defense back on the field over and over again, and they're finding ways to get stops um, and, and keeping us in that ball game so the offense can get going. And so uh, it just shows that we, we have a veteran group of guys that really understand that we just have to make sure that we keep – each other accountable and keep playing for the guy next to you, and we can find ways to win football games. I mean, it's incredible. He could have 50 bowled the second uh, scoring defense in the NFL. He turned the ball over four times within Miami territory, three picks by Mahomes, and of course, uh, that sack of 30 yards. It's basically essentially a turnover because Tommy Townsend had a. I was talking to Mitch about that. He had Tommy Townsend on the Mitch Holtis uh, Chiefs Kingdom mm -hmm. about, uh, you know, putting from the end zone, not something he's used to. Something he hasn't seen. But I remember the honey badger. I was telling CDOT before this when we were talking uh, Chiefs is the fact that as soon as he was interviewed, I remember Pete Sweeney was there with me. We talked to him in the hallway because he had mentioned during his press conference when he had signed his contract 
with the Chiefs. And again, these are personal, con- you know, you get this stuff when you're actually there, you know what I'm saying, instead of Zoom. And he had mentioned that Patrick had called him. You know he said, you take the defense, I'll take the offense. Well, he's been that way with four picks now in the last three mm-hmm. games. They picked up Patrick until he could get rocking again. And it's really important to see. And, I, I mean, I think we do need to take a minute to appreciate the fact that they won the game. Because, like, um, I think, my you know, my good friend Sam Mellinger at the Star pointed out how unusual it is to, like, turn the ball over four times and only create one turnover yourself and still win. Like, the, the statistic in, like, NFL history of teams that have won in that situation are ridiculous. Like, it's... It's completely unusual to be able to win. It, here it is. Sam said it was 153 uh, teams that have done that are 153 and 1,888. <laughs> Chances are good. So, <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, they really shouldn't have won that game. They still did. You know, I think that's impressive. And, um, you know, that. It's a good win for this point in the season because now you really do need both sides of the ball to be working in concert with each other. And then you got this big game coming up against the Saints, man. Like, that's going to be something. So, um, very fascinating game. She's in the driver's seat to get the first round by. We know that's important for them. Uh, we know they want to get that. I'd, I'd expect the best of the Chiefs these last three weeks because I think they want that by. Yeah, that's very important. 58 teams have made the Super Bowl since uh, 19, or 2000 have getting that first round by, but it's different now. It's going to be new stats because it's the one team that has it. We've seen it the last seven years in the Super Bowl. Here's from Field Gates. Since the start of 2019, Chiefs 8-1 with Mahomes uh, trailing by 10 points. Get this. The rest of the NFL, Therese, 68-356-1. That is a 160 <laughs> combined winning percentage when trailing by 10 points. He said it, you know, when our backs are against the wall, we play good football. Hey, you got to win. I saw the Steelers lose by 11 last night. Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. has never lost by 11. He's never lost by more than one possession. The Raiders game was eight points, the most he's ever lost by, meaning he still had a chance to score in a two-point conversion. We've seen teams get blasted. We've seen Aaron Rodgers get blasted 38-10 to 10 by the Buccaneers. We have not seen Patrick get blasted. You know, I think uh... – it all goes back to why, you know, I, I kind of christened him Baba Yaga, right, from the John Wick movie. You know, like, he's the boogeyman for the boogeyman. Kansas City, Lord knows, had his share of uh, kind of nightmare boogeyman moments. But when you got a player that's special, that changes the equation. That flips all that on his head. Um, I can tell you the city of Detroit for its lions needs a Baba Yaga, you know. <laughs> Like, that's the that's the only way. Well, they almost really had Chase come in here, you know, Chase pull it out for him. I know, I know that. And I was watching that game too. It it will never cease to amaze me how um, how much how, just how much more spirit they seem to be playing with. <laughs> Daryl Pevel is the coach, <laughs> um, but anyway, people don't really care about uh, the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Uh, I listen, listen, listen. I, It'll never get old, like watching this guy, because you just never know what's gonna. No, come. you don't. And Nate. like, you know, I'm not about hyperbole. No, I, I'm not. He's just special. Yeah, and I, I love the game of football. He's just special. Well, you're I want people alone. understand it and appreciate it. He's uh, now beating every team in the AFC. By the way, 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've lost one game in the last 399 days. Tomorrow marks day 400 with one loss. I mean, at 6-10, we're used to talking about victories on Monday. This is all we've come across. They've won 10 straight games on the road now. No team in the NFL has won every single game on the road. It's almost like if they do go on the road, it doesn't matter in the postseason because they're so good at doing it. But, Therese, we need to take a timeout. We come back. There's something else you and Charles were talking about, and that was MVP, Mahomes or Rodgers. That question comes at you next. You're listening to the Therese Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. Therese Paler at Therese Paler on Twitter. Senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports, does the Yahoo Sports uh, NFL podcast with Charles Robinson. He's also a Hall of Fame voter. Therese, we were talking about uh, MVP before we went to the break. I did hear your conversation, and I thought it was good with Charles Robinson. And it was about Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Charles Robinson said he's still going to go Patrick Mahomes, although Rodgers is creeping in there. I got asked this question last night on the post game quite a bit. Where do you stand now on that? Um, kind of the same. I mean, I look. I know that Rodgers' numbers are, are kind of crazy. Um, they're like a little better than Patrick's, but. Um, you know, when you, I mean, look, the Chiefs are, they might go 15 and 1. I, like, I think the best thing he's got going for him is if the Chiefs can find a way to like have one of those crazy regular season records, you have to like recognize it. Um, if they do lose a game and the Packers went out, then consequently on the flip side, I think that helps this case too. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the Packers scared because they did lose 38 to 10 and they did lose to the Vikings unexplainably. And we haven't seen. Patrick do that. Patrick still has him in yards as far as that is concerned. Therese, what do you think? I want to go back to the Chiefs game for a second with you since we're talking about that is what do you think about the short yardage run game for the Chiefs? We saw twice yesterday once on third and one where they go down deep to Travis Kelsey made a fantastic catch and then we saw on fourth and one a real crucial part of the game. We we saw a rollout by Patrick Mahomes that hit Tyree Kill instead of just you know, handing the ball off. And we're not going to see quarterback sneak because he said they're not going to do it. Although, I think that'd be a nice trick play in the playoffs, to be honest with you, because the defense isn't expecting it. And if the defense can Mm -hmm. take that off the board, they're not going to be sneaking it. They can three technique and do other things with that defense. But are you concerned at all with the short yardage? What are the Chiefs going to do? More maybe Le'Veon Bell down the stretch, maybe some more Darrell Williams. What what do you think as we sit right now? Because do you think Clyde can still be that guy? I mean, do they still need that bulldozer on third and short? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the offensive line kind of digging deep and finding the gear they found in the playoffs last year. That's certainly no guarantee, Bank, because the cast of characters is different. You know, right now, Mitchell Schwartz is not a right tackle. You know, they don't have the doctor. You know, like they, they kind of, they're kind of missing some important pieces of that group, right? But, um, I remember look, watching the Super Bowl thinking, man, these guys look as good as they have in a long time as run. Oh, we lost Therese there. So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think, um, yeah, I'm here. Yep. Um, Yeah, these guys, I remember thinking, man, these guys are really firing off as run blockers. So, you know, they're going to have to go to a different place, my man, and they're going to have to ramp it up and perform better. You know, one guy that I think they do miss this time of year is KO. And I know Simile wasn't part of the – team last year but he brought that nasty about him he's great at combo block and a good guy to follow on third and short yes now i will say this 
maybe Wisniewski's got that because he's got a, bit, a little bit of that nasty at the guard position. It was great five games down the stretch mm-hmm. last year for the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Maybe that's an answer, but I know KO wasn't part of the team last year, but he was a guy you follow on short yard situations. Oh, he played with that edge. That's so important too. So, I mean, Bink, that's why they signed Wisniewski. Like they, yep. I think they're going to be able to bring him in. And he's going to give them that little bit of fire, and they'll be able to. You know, they only need him to play good for like five or six weeks. You know what I mean? Yep. So, um, I'm, I'm, that's why they signed him. That's why they signed him. I'm with you though. You know, I know we talk now. In today's day and age, hey, like, hey, you don't got to run the ball the way you used to. Establishing the run is a fallacy. I mean, until it's not. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like still doing it. They're still winning, game, right? Every big foot, every big football game, big like, you got to run the ball at some point and get a yard. Like that's football. Like, and you better be able to get like, or you know, I, I mean, listen, you got to be. You got to run the ball well enough to at least have the threat of that, you know. Um, if if Miami didn't think that the Chiefs could at least get a yard, that would have made that fourth down conversion yesterday even harder, right? And the Chiefs don't have like a great short yardage offense, um, but it, it's efficient enough. So you got to run the ball sometimes. And I, I do think that there would definitely come a point in this playoffs where they don't need to do it. And, you know, if they want to win a Super Bowl, they got to rise to that occasion, man. Well, Therese, the fifth straight AFC West championship for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is incredible to have that kind of consistency going forward. I mean, really, they're 12-1 and this season. But this division, I keep waiting for someone to step up. And people said the Raiders were last year, or were this year. Listen, they were 6-4 and four mm-hmm. last year, 6-4 and four this year at that time. And they thought, well, and I said, well, I think the Raiders are going to be the same team they were last year. Last year, they lost five of six games down the stretch. Now they've lost three mm-hmm. of their last four games, including they should have lost that Jets game, as you and I know. That Henry Ruggs, last mm-hmm. second, it cost Greg Williams his job. Well, the Raiders taking a look in the mirror, and they're firing their defensive coordinator. I love the Raiders' skill <laughs> position, and I love the way they're drafting, but I'm not sure they got their guy. People keep telling me, look for Derek Carr, and I keep saying, you got to start winning in December. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I think we're, we we know what Derek Carr is, you know. Um, I mean, he I will give him credit though, like for, for like for ten weeks, like he that peaking with that Chiefs game, it's like, mm-hmm. uh oh, has this guy found a different place, you know? And you know, he he needed to keep building on it, and um, you know, they, like you're you're right, like they should have lost that Jets game. You know, those guys should be zero three since then. Oh, four. He hasn't played great. Yeah, you know, he <laughs> yeah he really hasn't played great, man. No. Like he um, you know, he uh, was it three what four interceptions or whatever in the last three games? Like that's not great, man. Yeah, <laughs> like he needed to kind of step up, but he's okay. He's solid, but. You know, it, it gets a big. It gets Patrick Mahomes. No matter how well John schemes it up, you know they're, they're going to need him to make the plays, and he's yet to prove that he can continue to do that at a high enough level to be a to make the Raiders a real tangible threat to Kansas City. Still 0-10 when it's less than 50 degrees. That's a problem. But the AFC West, I keep waiting for somebody to step up. Drew Locke did have four touchdowns yesterday. Is Denver? He looked good. Yeah, Denver's still looking. For their guy. Uh, I want to remind you, 913-576-7610 is our text line. I asked Trish Paler questions 
uh, the last segment of the show. So if you have questions for Therese Paler, make sure you get them in here, 913-576-7610. Well, coming up next, Therese, there was a big game last night. And you know what? Unlike last year, Buffalo delivered. How good are the Buffalo Bills? Should we start taking them as the number two team in the AFC? We'll discuss that next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to the Trez Paler Show. Trez Paler, YahooSports.com, senior NFL writer. Got Monday Night Football going on right now. Little battle between former uh, Cleveland teams and Baltimore Ravens up uh, or losing 7-0 to the Cleveland Browns as we sit. But you guys are sending in some great questions. I'll address those in the final segment with Therese Paler. All right, Therese. A lot of people on the Browns bandwagon at this point. A lot of people now on the Bills bandwagon. You have stayed steady with the Buffalo Bills all season. Let's face it, they probably should have another win if it wasn't for that Kyle Murray, Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, hey, they beat the Steelers by 11. They're making their move. They let us down last year when they lost to the Patriots. As far as Chiefs fans go, it took Fitzpatrick to beat them with the Dolphins. But uh, do we have a new team now with the Chiefs in Tier 1? Yeah, I do. I do think so in the Bills. And I, the reason this has happened is because the Steelers lost Bud Dupree. Huge. They, they weathered Devin Bush's injury, but I really can't overstate how important losing Bud Dupree is. It's, it would have been like the Denver Broncos. Like, it would have been like the 2015 Denver Broncos losing, losing to Marcus Ware. Like, that's what that's like, which means you can't rush with four the same anymore. Um <laughs> You know, I'm reviewing that game, and it's like, yeah, the, the pass rush isn't quite the same. I think they got a sack and five quarterback hits. What this does now is because no one's going to be scared of A.J. Highsmith. So defense, I'm sorry, offensive lines are going to be able to devote way more resources to stopping T.J. Watt, who's on the way to winning Defensive Player of the Year. Now I don't think he's going to win it because I think offensive lines are going to say, oh, no, we got you now. We're going to single block Highsmith. And we're going to devote some resources to you. Um, it kind of sucks because I think that, you know, Chiefs Steelers would have been a sweet AFC championship game. Oh, that would have been a sweet game, whether that was here or whether that was in Pittsburgh. Just from a visual perspective, if you love football, that would have been a great one to watch. But, um, you know, I, I think instead you get Buffalo and Buffalo's. Getting healthy right now, Bink. We need to acknowledge that. Those guys are getting healthy on the defensive side of the ball. And the offense has been been good all year. Josh Allen is a threat. And it's time to respect him as that. Um, he can make some plays. He can play off schedule. He can create. If we get in a big game, right, if we get to a situation where we see the Chiefs in a big game against Buffalo, Josh will probably have a couple mistakes. But if he doesn't, he is going to make some big plays. And he's somebody that, you know, the, the Bills are going to be a real threat to Kansas City, man. So, yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I think now in that tier one in the AFC is Buffalo and Kansas City and nobody else. And that was the team the Chiefs could run against. Uh, they had yep. their their way with the Buffalo Bills in a rainy night in Orchard Park where the Chiefs were able to run against them. We really didn't see them test them, you know, through mm -hmm. the air as much. But, I mean, you know, ground and pound, the Chiefs had them in that game. Yeah, and I, I got one more thing for you here. This is I thought this was a really good stat I picked up during my preparation for week fourteen. Um I know I know we talk about how, you know, this is twenty twenty. 
You know, we don't have to establish the run we, the way we used to. It's not important. Here's the deal. In Buffalo's three losses, they've allowed an average of 200 yards rushing. <clears throat> so you got to run against the Bills to beat the Bills, um, which is another reason why, you know, th- we're going to be looking at that offensive line for the Chiefs if they face Buffalo and say, hey, this game is on you just was it like it was earlier in the season. Yeah, they were certainly writing. Where, where do you come out on the Browns? I haven't been sold on them yet. People have been asking me about the Browns. Yeah. The, the Ravens, Lamar Jackson just tied up the game here. I look at their schedule. Yes, they beat the Colts, and they did beat the Titans. But, again, they're in that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde group with me, Therese. I've told you teams like the I, Titans will look like yeah. world beaters one week, you know, and smash the Colts. But yet the Colts two weeks earlier went to Nashville and smashed the Titans. And the Browns have this way, and they were hammered by the Ravens earlier this year. And obviously, it's seven to seven now. We don't know the outcome of this game, but who? I mean, the Titans? Do they pose the big problem of Derrick Henry? Because I've always said that team goes not how Tannehill goes, how Derrick Henry goes. Because Derrick Henry, when he has good games, so does Ryan Tannehill. I've always felt Tannehill is good when Derrick Henry is good. Yeah, my only issue with the Titans is their defense. I I just don't think it's Super Bowl caliber. Um, and my only issue with the the Browns is I think they're young. I, I don't think they're ready. Um, you know, I think they got to improve their depth. Uh, but I like both teams in general. I think they're good teams, and I think if uh, one of the favorites in the AFC don't play well, they could lose to them in the playoffs. Sure. Um, you know, I, I but but you know, Cleveland, Tennessee. Those are two teams that I that I see needing to have good off seasons to continue to build on this because, um, quite frankly, I think Tennessee's offense is Super Bowl caliber. I just don't think their defense is. And then on the flip side, I think you know, I think I think Cleveland's is actually kind of close to being Super Bowl caliber. Like Baker needs to continue to develop Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. um, offensively, but the rest of the weapons are there if they have Odell Beckham Jr. You know, defensively, I think. You know, want to see better play from the linebackers, um, but but eh, I want to see the young talent there grow. Like I'm high on Cleveland, like not as like a Super Bowl contender this year, but like as far as like their program and what Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry are building, I'm in. I think they're doing a great job there. Do you uh, do you happen to like the Colts, Therese? Where do you sit on that? I know that uh, Ballard did a great job bringing in Quentin Nelson, bringing in Braden Smith. I love that offensive line, but again, inconsistencies. But we're talking the Colts have one of the better defenses out of that group, out of that group of Dr. Jekyll teams I'm talking about. The Colts have that experience Mm -hmm. at quarterback, too, and I think the Colts deserve to be in that same conversation as Cleveland in Tennessee for the, well, maybes. Yeah, look, we can talk about the Colts in there, but uh, my question to you, um, how much confidence do you have in Phillip Rivers in a big game? None. I they used don't to give him an opportunity. To... <laughs> I used to. <laughs> I feared him. They... I know. I, I I think it speaks to how good Frank Reich is, man. Frank Reich's a really good coach, my man. Um, and he's gotten the best out of Philip Rivers by basically building an offense around the run game and asking him to only do certain things. You know, they don't put him on the run a whole lot. They ask him to execute play action, execute some play concepts. But guess what? In the playoffs, when you face better teams. Teams are going to know that. They're going to take away the run. They're going to make Rivers throw 40 times. And chances are there's going to be three turnover-worthy throws in that 40. And against a good team, they're probably going to get them. So um, 
I mean, you never know, first of all. I'm just telling you based on what I've seen. You know, he's going to have to throw it back a lot for those guys to have a real Super Bowl chance. Yeah, I love they their offensive line. I love their offensive line. Like Estanzo, Quentin oh, Nelson, yeah. love Ryan Kelly, Braden oh, Smith. I know you love Nelson. Late the South. I, I love the, I, Quentin Nelson's my favorite offensive lineman <laughs> in the NFL. But, you know, defensively, they're good, too. I mean, they, they've got to get they consistency from Phillip Rivers. But in the trenches, it's a pretty good team. Yeah, my man. Um, you know, Buckner, Houston, um, the front seven, Bobby Okariki, uh, Darius, Leonard. Like, those guys are really good. And they've gotten some really good play from their defensive backs, man. The um, the rookie, Julian Blackman's a good player. Kenny Moore. Safety. Kenny my, Moore had the one-handed interception yesterday, really showing out. Um, my guy, Rocky Seen. My guy, Rocky Seen. He's Rhodes. not a starter, Terez, but oh, yeah. Rocky Seen's my dude. <laughs> I know Rock. Yeah, I remember Rock was your guy. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, I mean, look, they found a way to help Xavier Rose turn back the clock. So it's a good team. Um, I, I just feel like you know if they could get like a higher ceiling quarterback, man, like you know. Yeah. But Indy's so well run and well coached, they're going to be a threat here for the next you know half decade too. We'll, we'll get to it in the final segment. Obviously, Chiefs and Saints the best game this weekend. I think it's great because the Chiefs get a little litmus test of what they're going to see in the NFC. You know, it's one thing if we want to measure and compare them to the AFC teams, but a team they might find in the Super Bowl, obviously the Packers are in that conversation, but the Saints, and it looks like Taysom Hill, Therese, but Drew Brees is practicing. He was eligible to come off IR last week. I think this is a little gamesmanship by Peyton. Yeah, I do too. Um, look, Peyton knows what he's doing. He's pretty media savvy. Um I mean, look, all indicate. I mean, there were there were some reports yesterday that they're not going to rush um, Drew Brees back. Um, you know, I don't know what to make of that. I, I think Brees gives them a better chance to win against the Chiefs, um, mainly because you know Sean Payton is going to scheme up like one of his best game plans of the year. You know, and um, look, he Brees has his issues. Like he doesn't like getting hit, just like Tom Brady. He, he gets the ball out so quick. They really don't have a vertical pass game when he's in the game. Um, but one thing I will say is that there is a world where Peyton doubles down on the play action, the run game stuff, the, the quarterback power. Like they're, they're like pet offensive plays and use that to control the clock against the Chiefs with Taysom Hill. Like there's a scenario where that could that could actually be their best way to play against Kansas City. Keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Um, you know, dominate time of possession. Now, Kansas City's a team that hasn't there's no real blueprint to beat the Chiefs cuz they haven't lost yeah. like more than one time in a year like but but um I think if you that gives you your best chance to do it and you know, they do have a good offensive line. And I actually do think maybe their best course of action would be to feature Taysom Hill with zone read, a lot of short passes to the great Alvin Kamara. Um, and, and then, you know, use the quarterback schemed runs, quarterback power, that type of thing to control the line of scrimmage and thus control the game and time of possession. Well, it's certainly a game to watch. And the other one, well, I think the Eagles forced their hand a little bit because had the Saints won 10 in a row instead of nine in a row, I think it kind of forced their hand. Oh, no, they took a loss. What are they going to do? I think that Eagles game kind of changed things up for them. And speaking of the Eagles, Eagles and cards battle the OU quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, who finishes second to Heisman in Oklahoma, preceding uh, or following Kyler Murray, who won 
the Heisman Trophy. So looking forward to a little battle of OU quarterbacks there. Oh, you know I am. It's also a battle of two All Juice alums at quarterback, That's right. All Juice teams. Murray and Jalen Hurts. Um, you saw why Hurts was my All Juice quarterback because he plays with a poise and he cares deeply about the game of football. He's a very serious kid. You know, he's very. I've had a chance to interview him in the past. He really doesn't mess around, man. He's very serious about the game. You know, takes himself seriously, and I think the poise he showed on Sunday really, really helped steady that team. It stands out to me in a major way that Philly has an identity now offensively. All year they were scattered, you know, about what they do, what they do best. Now Jalen Hurts gets in and they're running the ball more than they threw. Like they had an identity. And I, I think that's a bad look for Carson Wentz um, that it, you know, <laughs> that we, we just watch, you know, what, 12 weeks to him not have an identity with of this offense, not have an identity. Then here comes the rookie, you know, this is what they do best. And then they just beat. Uh, arguably the NFL's best, NFC's best team. So not a great look for Carson Wentz, but a really good one for Jalen Hurts. Therese, we'll take a time when we come back. We'll take a look around the NFL, one of my favorite segments, and ask Therese, 913-576-7610. Your questions and more next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Therese Paler Show. Yes, catch Therese tomorrow, 330 with the drive 913-576-7610 for your text questions but before we do let's go around the nfl all right therese we just talked about this man they're going empty there's hurts he's back he is floating the football it is caught touchdown touchdown he gets it over to alshon jeffrey there you go jalen hurts becomes the first quarterback since 1950 to throw a touchdown pass and run for 100 yards in his first start. Translated, as we talked about, to a win over the New Orleans Saints. My question to you, Therese, what does this do to Carson Wentz? I think it's bad for him. I think it's bad for him, Bink. I think it hurts his vet trade value. I know it's just one game. That could obviously change. But, you know, I, I think there was an opportunity there for had the Eagles played poorly, it would take some pressure off Carson Wentz. It would give the Eagles an opportunity to say, See, it wasn't just Carson, you know, but they kind of can't say that because they just beat the Saints as one of the league's best teams, and the offense looked far more effective and efficient. So um, I, I do think that this is the end of the road for, for Carson Wentz there, no matter what they say. You know, I think they made this move with four games left in the season to get a real evaluation of Jalen Hurts, and if, if the evaluation is good, that gives them a chance to move on from Carson Wentz. We know that they're cap-strapped. You move on from Wentz in the long term, you save a lot of money. You can build on that rookie deal with Jalen Hurts. We know I mean, Hurts that's really be, what's happening here, we, in my opinion. We know Hurts is a winner. He's a winner at Alabama, yep. a winner at Oklahoma, finished second in the Heisman. Staying in the same division, Therese, uh, look out. Washington won their fourth straight game. Alex Smith got hurt. According to uh, Ian Rappaport, received treatment on a mild calf strain this morning. Since he took over, top 10 offense in the National Football League. The Washington football team averaging 26.8 points per game since Alex Smith. That ranks seventh since week 10. How about that? Got to love it. Got to love it. Alex is one of the great competitors in this league. A man who decided to keep playing to, um, you know, make the comeback from a warlike entry, his doctor said, um, because he wanted to inspire his children. But he ended up in doing a lot more than that. He inspired a lot of people. So, um, 
you know, really impressive, my man. Really impressive. Very cool. Very cool. And I, and I did say, you know, even at the time when they benched Dwayne Haskins, you know, this was a move Ron Rivera did because he saw some similarities between this team and the uh, eventual Panther team. He took to the Super Bowl the year before. People don't know this. That team went like 500 when like no one expected them to do it. And he said that was a very important step toward that team becoming Super Bowl caliber eventually. It was like getting some confidence and knowing they could learn how to win. And Alex Smith. Well, first, you know, Allen, but then Alex Smith at the moment gave him a better chance to win, he thought. And I think he's been vindicated for the decision. Could be talking about Washington, the winners of that division at this point. They sit in first place, so still have the Eagles, the final game of the season. That could be mm-hmm. an interesting game. All right, from 913-576-7610, questions to Therese. Here we go. From 816 he thinks Wentz, this is back to Wentz. Wentz is gone, good is gone in Philly the way Hertz played last night. Where do you think he'll end up? So the question is, where do you think Carson ends up? One man's name, Frank Reich. Okay. Uh, Frank Reich likes this guy. That'd be a great fit for him in Indianapolis. Um, honestly, though, outside of that, I don't, I don't really like him for a whole lot of teams. Uh, I think he's somebody who kind of needs a reset. I think Indianapolis would be good for him because Frank knows what he can do. He's shown it. Um, he's shown it already that he does know what to do with Carson Wentz. There's that confidence that comes with that. Um, and also, I think going to a city like Indianapolis would be good for Wentz. It's very different mentality-wise about football than uh, Philly. <laughs> and you know, if yeah, they don't like anything. You know, Philly. people were talking. Yeah, and people people are talking about how like this is maybe you know in Carson's head. Well, it'd be good for him to go to a place like Indianapolis, which is a little more similar to um, you know, North Dakota or whatever than than, than Philly certainly, uh, as far as the fans' temperament goes. So maybe a chance to reset, get behind one of the game's very best offensive lines, one of the game's very best offensive minds, um, and one of the game's very best general managers. I actually think that'd be a good spot for him. And if you're the Colts. You get a Philip Rivers replacement, probably on the cheap. Well, Trez, this question comes from me. What's that steakhouse in Indy during the combine? Everybody goes to St. Elmo's. Oh, what's it called? It is, my friend. Yes, <laughs> yes. good stuff with the nose clearing uh, <laughs> shrimp cocktail. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is loaded up with so much horseradish. That's a How reason about to this go. Though, I don't know if you have Instacart or whatever, but I found that Costco sells St. Elmo's cocktails. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Yeah. I didn't know that, but now I do. Hey, you got to do it, man. That's how it rolls. (laughs) From the 913, can you ask Therese what type of team does he think it would take to beat the Chiefs to compete with? A team similarly built to the Chiefs or a team to kind of counter the Chiefs' strengths? But we've seen them do both things, Trez. They can run or throw. It yeah. depends on the game. Well, if you're going to beat Kansas City, the first, the very first thing you got to do is score points. All right? Like that, yo, let's just start there. Um, how about this? In Kansas City, I picked up this stat last week, too. In Kansas City, in Mahomes' last nine losses, the opposing team has had to average 36 points. <laughs> <laughs> so you better be able to score. Hey. Um Get this, in his two games, he's thrown three picks. Therese, they've averaged 42 points. Yep, yep, and he always finds a way to put them up, you know, <laughs> put up those points. So, um, honestly, you better be able to score. How about this? Basically a team with Tennessee style of offense, like they can grind it out and play action off that and control the clock. But then 
either Tampa Bay's defense. Well, no, I'm not going to say them. Um, but early season Tampa Bay's defense or pre-Bud Dupree injury Pittsburgh's defense. Be able to rush with four, rush from different spots, be solid all over, play coverage with some ball hawks. All right, Terz, we got about a minute left from the 9-1-3. I don't think the NFL realizes this yet, but safety has been more important than cornerback. Do you agree with that? I think having like a lockdown corner is, uh, see, here's the thing. You can define that however you want, though, because I think the most important position in the secondary now is like the nickel, like okay. the guy that can blitz, like basically like Tyron Matthew, the guy that can blitz or the guy that can cover or the guy that, you know, you don't have to change your numbers to kind of deal with. Right. Um, without going to some long soliloquy about how defenses match up with offense, if you if your nickel guy can stay on the field and running or passing situations, you become a lot more multiple and difficult to dictate to. So whatever you want to name that slot corner as, whether it's a safety like the Chiefs or a corner like Mike Hilton, like that's the most important position in um, in the secondary in today's NFL. No, I agree with you. We have the Honey Badger. We've got Jeremy Chin. We've got some other guys that yep. really multiple yep. type of guys. This has been the Therese Paler Show. Follow Therese on Twitter at Therese Paler. He's a senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports and does a weekly or does several times a week. He's done 200 episodes. Congratulations, by the way. Charles Thank Robinson's you. done 199. You've done 200. <laughs> but anyway, Therese, I enjoy your podcast. You're a Hall of Fame voter, Hall of Fame guy. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Therese. Hey, appreciate you, man. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.